series, brand new. When, when we have a life-changing encounter with Christ, when we receive Him into our lives by faith, um, it changes our lives. It, it, it completely changes our lives. Our, you know, we saw last week that, that He doesn't just come in and improve our lives like you know, we might you know, pick up a self-help book. You know, I want to improve this area of my life or that, so pick up something, read about. Well, Jesus isn't interested in just improving our lives. He makes us brand new. Brand new. And that's why Paul, the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.17, <clears throat> it's kind of our theme verse for this series, it says, when someone becomes a Christian... He becomes a brand new person inside. He's not the same anymore. A new life has begun. And last week we talked about how God comes and makes us new from the inside. He does that through, through His Word and through times of worship and, and through serving and connecting on a, on a deep level, on a, on a meaningful level, connecting with others and, and with His church. And, and that, you know, God's Spirit transforms us from the inside out. He doesn't, you know, just help us improve ourselves. He makes us a brand new person. Today, <clears throat> going to kind of flip things, and we're going to talk about the outside. As we do, I think there's something that is really important for us to realize, something that, that I didn't get for a long time. Sometimes we can have a tendency that when we, you know, think about, you know, talking about our bodies and think about talking about, you know, being, you know, physically fit and so forth, that it's somehow less spiritual than talking about other things like prayer and like forgiveness and, 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 and faith and love. And, and the fact is that couldn't be further from the truth because we're integrated beings. When God created us, He gave us uh, a spirit, a soul, and a body. He gave us this physical body. And after He created man with this physical body, you know what He said? It's good. It's good. And you may think, you may look at the body that God gave you, and you may think, well, you know, you're too tall, you're too short, you weigh too much, you don't weigh enough, you know, or, or you know, you may wish you had a different eye color, you may wish you had a different hair color, or any hair at all, but when God created you, He gave you a body. And one day our bodies are going to be resurrected. We just sang, we believe in the resurrection, right? Talking about our, our resurrection you know, and, and our physical body. It's not going to just be our spirit that's resurrected. Our physical body will be resurrected. It will be changed. It will be in a different form, but it will still be a physical body that's resurrected, not just our spirit. <clears throat> so in the meantime, between now and then, there's something that God wants us to do. He wants us to take care of ourselves. He wants to take care of our body. That's what we're going to talk about today. I want you to look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. <clears throat> it's in your outline there. It says, In a wealthy home, there's dishes made of gold and silver as well as some made from wood and clay. The expensive dishes are used for guests and the cheap ones are used in the kitchen or to put garbage in. I want you to think about this a little bit. And think about your house. Um, you know, our house, we've got some dishes that are, 
you know, that, that we're so careful with, we, we never use them or hardly ever. I mean, we've got China that's been passed down, you know, to the, to the family. And I can't remember the last time that we ever used that, um, other than the ladies group using it here at the church. Uh, anyway, uh, we, ha- we have this tureen. It's a big serving bowl, big tureen that's been in the family for years. Over a hundred years. I mean, my dad told me I think it belonged to his grandmother's or, 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 or something like that. And he told me that every Sunday after church, they'd come home from church, and his mom every Sunday would make chicken fricassee for dinner in that soup ter- in that in that tureen. Now, how many have ever how, how how many have ever had chicken fricassee? Anybody? How many know what it is? How many don't know what it is? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I just know it's got chicken, and somehow you fricassee it, and then you serve it in this. You 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 serve it in this big, you know, in this terrine that is so fragile. Now we we don't even use it. You know, we take special care of it. <coughs> it's got a prominent place. It's on display in our house, in our you know this china cabinet that we inherited, along with a bunch of other stuff that we inherited. You know, we didn't buy that stuff. We just you know, passed down family. Anyway, you know, and, and, and we're very careful with it. You know, we have other pots that we cook in. You know, we toss them under the counter. They're missing handles. You know, there's one pot that we use all the time, big round one, and it, it, it used to have these nice black handles you could pick it up with. Now there's these metal brackets kind of sharp that, that stick out because the handles have long since broken off, so we just get pot holders and grab it and pick it up that way. But, I mean, we have dishes that, you know, we just we bang around and, 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 you know, use them all the time. And then we have paper plates, right? Paper plates. At least we try to keep them in stock. And, and you know, what's nice about we don't use them all the time, but what's nice about those is you're done and you just throw them out. Just throw, now, they're not styrofoam, so they do go into the, land, into the, the landfill and decompose, but... But, I mean, you know, the, the, <laughs> the thing is, we have different plates, we have different dishes, different utensils, things like that, for different purposes. And then Paul says this, If you stay away from sin, you'll be like one of those dishes made of purest gold, the very best in the house, so that Christ himself can use you for his highest purposes. For his highest purposes. That's the kind of dish I want to be. Used for God's highest purposes. See, God is not only concerned about our spiritual life, you know, how much we pray and read the Bible and so forth, and our attitudes toward others and that. He's not only concerned about our spiritual life. Those things matter a great deal. Don't get me wrong, those things matter a great deal to him. But so does what we do with our body and how we treat it. That also matters a great deal to him, and it has an effect on how he's able to use us. If we want God to use us for, our, for his highest purposes, a vessel unto honor, as, the, as some translations say, then we need to treat our body as set apart for God's use and not use it to indulge in earthly desires. The King James, the old King James uh, version talks about making our bodies fit for the master's use is the language it uses fit for the master's use our spiritual fitness affects our physical fitness and our physical fitness affects our spiritual fitness it goes both ways 
when we begin to see the relationship between our, our, our spiritual fitness and our physical fitness and the effect that they have on each other, when we begin to see that, we begin to make different choices. See, I have a body, and I need to take care of it if I'm going to be able to do the work that God wants me to do, the work that He's determined for me to do. See, the Bible tells us that God created us in Christ. We were created in Christ to do good works, which you know He, he, he laid out for us before the beginning of the world. He determined beforehand what He wants me to do. So He designed and He gave to me the body that I need to do those works. But if I don't care for it, if I don't take care of it, I won't be able to do what He wants me to do. So taking care of our body, we need to see that as a spiritual responsibility. And, you know, it's not just, I'm not just talking about physical fitness. I want you to look at what, you know, look at what Paul says to Timothy. Timothy was a young pastor that he was mentoring. And he says in 1 Timothy 4, he says, physical training is good. Now, pause right there. It may not seem like it at the time. <clears throat> but it's good. It really is. Now, it doesn't mean you enjoy it, you know. But, you know, many of you know I joined a gym just a couple of weeks ago and started working out. The E word, exercising. I mean, I, what you may not know is why. I didn't make this New Year's resolution. You know, it's, it's, it's nothing to do with that at all. It just, timing is just a coincidence, you know. But the reason was this. I was convicted in my spirit because I'm in the worst shape that I have ever been in my entire life. I felt miserable all the time. I never felt good, never felt full of energy, and I knew that God was saying to me that I needed to take better care of my body. So I did what I didn't want to do. I did what I've been resisting doing for the last few years. I tried it once before, and it didn't work out, and I joined a gym. And I got on a program, and by God's grace, I'm disciplining myself to stick with it, which is hard because exercise is not one of those things that I really enjoy doing. I'm just, I've never, you know, I, I, I've never been, <clears throat> let's put it this way, growing up, I was never the kid that was good at football or basketball or, or you know, forget about track, you know, I'd get too winded, anything else. You know, my idea of the sport, the sport that I really like, many of you know, is archery. But think about it. You hold a stick. You put another stick across it. You pull back slowly, and then you let go. And then what do you do? You do that a few more times, and then you walk down to the end of the room, pull them out of the target. Of course, they all hit right dead center, right? <laughs> and then you walk back, and you do the same thing over. Not exactly strenuous exercise, although it can have an effect, you know, 
you do get a little tired after a while. Your fingers get sore and that, but that's my idea of exercise, okay? So joining a gym was a completely foreign thing to me. And, you know, so far, though, I've, I've been doing this. It's, I've gone through two weeks now. I'm already feeling better. I already am. And, you know, I put this on Facebook. I've worked out so many times this week or so many times. Let, let me tell you something, just so you don't get the wrong idea <clears throat> when, I'm, when I'm talking about being physically fit and everything else. I don't do that to boast. I don't post that to boast. I don't post it for likes. I don't post it for, you know, encouraging comments. Although I've gotten several and they've been really encouraging, and I thank you for those. I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't do it for that. I do it for one reason, so that somebody knows that I'm doing this because if nobody knows, it'd be real easy for me to just give up and quit. It'd be really easy for me to just say, I'm not going to do it today. You know, my goal is three times a week, minimum, you know. And, and, and you know, it'd be really easy if I got to the end of the week and, you know, I'm sitting there and got a lot of stuff to do before Sunday and, and I'm, you know, there... It'd be real easy for just me to say, oh, I'm too busy today, or I'm too tired today, or the roads are too slick today, or whatever else. So I put it on there because you people know that I'm doing it now. And I walk in, the first thing some of you said was, hey, I see you've been working out. Last thing I want to do is say, nope, I quit that. Didn't work for me. All right? But so I'm, I'm disciplining myself. I struggle with this, you know, but God is telling me, he is telling me I need to take better care of my body. Now, I don't see any difference after two weeks, but I'm feeling different, and it's not just sore muscles. You know, I'm feeling better in uh, uh, that. So there, there, there is a difference. So physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. You see, both sides are important. It's not either or, choose one. It's both sides. Being spiritually fit and physically fit, they affect each other. Now, last week I gave you four questions to ask yourself, kind of a checklist, am I spiritually fit? Okay, well, this week I'm going to give you four questions again to ask yourself. Questions that if you'll do these things, it'll help you begin to get physically fit in the way that God wants us to. Okay, you'll, and you'll begin to notice a difference. Now, let me clarify something else. When I talk about being physically fit, I don't want you to think I'm talking about bulging muscles or rock-hard abs or optimum body, body mass uh, uh, index or a particular body shape or you know, those types of things that we often associate with physical fitness. For one thing, those change it from one generation to another. You know, you look at, at, go back, you know, a couple hundred years and see, you know, a few hundred years and, and, and look at what they thought was physically fit, you know, um, uh, the things they looked for in a person, and you'd be surprised. Not at all what it is today. You know, so, you know, I'm not talking about what our culture says. Instead, I want you to think in terms of health. Some, you know, and, and, and you know, some of which is beyond our uh, control, but much of it is within our control. I want you to think of health. I want you to think of being able to have, uh, uh, get the, the optimum use of your body for the purposes for which God gave you your body. In other words, I want you to be health, think about being healthy enough to do the things that God has given you to do. 
I mean, how would you, you know, like to, to stand before God one day? You know, I don't want to stand before him and say one day and say, God, uh, you know, I know you gave me this to do, but I couldn't do it or or I burned out too soon because I didn't take care of myself. You know, I, I you know, I, I, I burned the candle at both ends and and it got to be, you know, I, I, I sorry, I know you had 10 more years of stuff for me to do, works for me to do, but. Here I am now because I didn't take care of myself. That's what that's the way I want us to think. So four questions. One, am I offering daily? Am I offering daily? What I mean is this. Am I offering my body to God on a daily basis? Here I am, God. Here is my body. Here I am. See, we offer God our love. We offer him, him, him our heart. We offer him praise. But do we offer him our body? Do you know that's something the Bible tells us to do? Romans, Romans 12 says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, he's Apostle Paul writing, he says, I plead with you, give your bodies to God. Or the NIV says, offer your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. That's the way to truly worship him. You see, our spirituality and our physical aspect of our body, they're, they're linked together. They're, they're linked together. You know, so, you know, and the, the fact is, we offer our bodies all day long. We do. The question is this. To who or what do we offer it to? Do we offer it to God or do we offer it to everything else? Do we offer our body to God? and say, okay, you determine what I do today? Or do we offer it to the God of money or success by exalting our job or career above everything else? Do I offer my body to God or do I offer it to maybe um, offer it on the altar of entertainment? Where we just go out, hey man, everybody's talking about this movie, everybody's talking about this show, I'm going to watch it. (coughs) without any thought of what the content is. You see, God cares about how we use our body and the things we do. God cares about how we use our mouth to speak. Do I offer Him my mouth? He cares about that. Do we use our mouth, our voice, to build others up? Or do we use it to tear others down. No one cares about, you know, how. Uh, uh, um, um, I went blank. Forget that. <laughs> See, I got to offer my mind more often. Say, God, you take it because I can't do a thing with it. Uh, but, but God cares about how we use our body. He cares about. He cares about what we allow to enter through our eyes. He cares about how we use this gift of sex that He's given us. Do we use it and stay within the boundaries that He's given us, which is a monogamous relationship with our spouse and only our spouse, the one to whom we're married? Or are we just joining ourselves to whoever we happen to be with at the moment? There's a song from the 70s. You know it. You're talking about it. Yeah, love the one you're with. 
I used to love that song. A few years ago, I started listening to it. When you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're... Turn off. <coughs> Turn off. That's not the kind of thing I want coming in my ears. Well, yeah, anyway. Um, you know, when the, the Bible tells us that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives in us. That means that we take Him every place that we go into. That means He's there with everything we're looking at, everything we're watching. It means that when we abuse this body with substances that we shouldn't be abusing it with, did a lot of that in my day, means when we abuse this body, we're abusing the temple in which He resides. Are we offering our body to God daily? Are we using it for what pleases God, or are we using our body for just what pleases me? Second question, am I withdrawing weekly? <laughs> I don't know many believers, if any, that don't violate this principle on a regular basis. It's the Sabbath principle. And when we, you know, when, when we do, we pay the price. We pay it in our health and we pay it in our relationships. It affects every area of our lives. I want you to look at what the prophet Isaiah said, Isaiah 58. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath in everything you do on that day and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. I'll give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised to your ancestor Jacob. I, the Lord, have spoken. Kind of gives us some emphasis there. I, the Lord, have spoken. Now, most people don't understand the principle of the Sabbath. Of the Sabbath. We've got some, you know, several misconceptions about it. Let me give you just a few of the more prevalent ones. If I just go to church every Sunday, I'm keeping the Sabbath. A lot of people boil it down to that. I'm just going to church, and okay, I've kept the Sabbath. Now, that's certainly a good thing to do, but that's only a part. Second misconception. Keeping the Sabbath means I'm not supposed to work on Sunday. Now, again, that's a very surface-level understanding of the Sabbath. It doesn't go nearly deep enough. It's not just about not working. Third common misconception. Keeping the Sabbath is another one of God's outdated rules to restrict my life. And that couldn't be further from the truth. It actually reveals a faulty view of God. See, Jesus made it clear in the New Testament when he flat out says, man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. In other words, the Sabbath wasn't given to man just to give him a bunch of rules and a bunch of regulations to limit his life, to keep him from doing this and to keep him from doing... No. He said, Sabbath was made to benefit man. Sabbath was made to benefit us. The Sabbath principle was given to man. It was given to man for our benefit. But when God gave it to man, man came in, added all kinds of stuff to it 
that were actually that were so ridiculous. You couldn't take a journey farther than what your property was. So they would take maybe a stool or something they owned the day before and take it way beyond where they lived and put it there because, okay, now that would allow them to come the next day and go that far because that's where their property was. You got it? How, you know, we've come up with all kinds of ways to get around and to, you know, and, and, and so it's interesting, of all the Ten Commandments, you know, they've all been reiterated in the New Testament. They've all been, re- and expanded. It's like, okay, you, you shall not commit adultery. Well, you know, in the New Testament, Jesus says, I say if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery with her. It takes things a little farther than, you know, just following the letter of the law. Or what about murder? Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt, thou shalt not murder, okay? What about when Jesus said that, you know, if, if, if we're angry against our brother or sister, then we're, um, um, guilty facing judgment. They've all been redone, re, re, re-emphasized in the new, except for the Sabbath. For the Sabbath, Jesus said, you weren't made for that. That was made for you to be a benefit to you, to help you. You see, here's the thing. One day a week, God wants us to take a break from our normal activities for the purpose of giving our body a rest and renewing our spirit in God's presence. And studies have shown that when people work seven days a week and don't get any time to rest, they they work too many hours and they work too many days a week, they are less productive and their health suffers. And and you know it's it's they're 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 counterproductive work-wise it damages our body god gave us a sabbath for our own physical and spiritual health and we, when we don't get the proper rest for our body our body suffers and when you don't regularly renew your spirit you suffer spiritually you know this is something that that i struggled with for years i would go full force head on nonstop. You know, especially when I was, you know, working uh, uh, bivocational, I was working at the church part-time, and I was working uh, a full-time job alongside, and then a part-time both, and, and that, and I would go, I would go like, you know, for, for, the, for a while, just nonstop, 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 and, and uh, uh, you know, um, when, you're, when you're bivocational like that, you don't have a day off. And I would go nonstop, and then what would happen? I would crash and burn, and I would be worthless for a few days. And then what I'd do? Get up and do it all over again. I would crash and burn, and I would be worthless for a few days. And finally, God, you know, got a, got a hold of me and said, "You know, you're going to kill yourself doing this. This isn't right." And I started making myself take some time off making myself have that Sabbath. Pastors are notorious for not getting a Sabbath. Do you know that? We talk about it, but we're notorious for not doing it. It's hard. It's hard to take that time, but it's something that, that, that we all have to do. 
And, and, you know, the Sabbath is meant to be a day in which we cease from normal activities and we renew ourselves physically, mentally, you know, spiritually, the whole person. So we keep the principle of the Sabbath by taking one day a week for physical and mental rest and spiritual renewal. And when we do that, guess who benefits? We do. I do. You do. We're the ones that benefit. Third question. Am I living purposefully? In other words, am I letting, just letting life happen to me or am I living with purpose? 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 24. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do, it, we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should do. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. To live purposely is to live with the goal in mind. That's what the Apostle Paul says. A prize something we're shooting for, something we're aiming for. You know, the Winter Olympics are going to start in just a few weeks. I can't wait. I love it. I love the Winter Olympics. They're getting ready to start. Athletes from all over the world are going to be coming together in South Korea, and they'll be competing for, you know, with their eyes on one thing, a gold medal. A gold medal. Now, somebody may win a silver. Somebody may win a bronze. Somebody may compete and not win anything, and there is some satisfaction from that. But I don't think anybody goes into it and says, I'm going to the Olympics, and I am going to win a bronze medal. Because I want to be third. Right? They go and they compete with their eye on one thing. They want that gold medal. And it's an, you know, it's an honor to just compete. And every athlete you know, dreams, though, of winning that gold. So they train and they discipline their body because they know that's, that's the only way that they'll possibly win gold is if they discipline themselves and they, and they, 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 they train for weeks and months ahead of time. See, every follower of Christ has a race set before us. Every single one of us. Your race is different than mine, and mine is different than yours, but we have a race set before us, and it requires discipline. It requires discipline. You know what I want to hear one day? I want to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. I want Jesus to say those words to me. So I'm doing everything I can. I want him to hear. I want him to, to, to hear him say it about my ministry. I want him. I want to hear him say it about my marriage. I want to hear him say it about my family. I want to hear him say it about my relationships with my friends. I want to hear him say it about my relationship with people that I don't get along with. I want to hear those words over every area of my life. That's what I'm shooting for. See, we need to remember, God gave us a body for a reason. And it's good. 
and he wants us to use it. He wants us to take care of it. You know, it's not just a place for our, our spirit and our soul to hang out for a while. He expects us to use it to accomplish the purpose for which he created us. And so he, he, he says, okay, Dave, here, is, here are the things, here are the works that I have for you to do. Here are the things I want you to do with your life. Now let's see. Okay. Make you like this. Take a little bit off here. And there, there's a body that I'm giving you to do the things that I've given you to do. Now, obviously, he's not called me to climb Mount McKinley or anything like that. There are some limitations with this body he's given, but he gave me a body to do everything he's called me to do. I may not like it. I may think I'm too short. I think I, I may think I, you know, have too much in other areas. That's my doing, though. When we think about our bodies, we tend to look at what we're not. I wish I was more like this. I wish I was more like that. God created you who he wanted you to be. And thank God we don't all look the same. Wouldn't that be boring? Not only would it not, I mean, not only would it be boring, I could walk up, look at Don. Hey, Don, how are you doing? All of a sudden he says, no, I'm not Don, I'm Steve. Oh, sorry, I couldn't tell you apart. I'm getting way off. Anyway, <laughs> Where in the world was I? Um, all right. You know, am, am, am I doing, am I running with purpose in every step? All right. And that involves making wise decisions with my body, not just keeping, you know, not just letting my body do what it feels like it wants to do, you know, at the moment. God's purposes dictate my choices because I have a higher purpose than living for whatever feels good. Question four. Am I honoring fully? Am I honoring God with my body, with everything I do, every decision I make? That's what I want to do. See, when I read Colossians 1.13, He's rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. So one translation says the dominion of darkness. Another says the tyranny of darkness. He's, he rescued us from the tyranny of darkness. And He set us in the kingdom of the Son that He loves. Every time I read that verse, it hits me right here. Because I know what He rescued me from. I grew up in church. All my life, I was in church. Baptized as a little baby, 21 years in the church I grew up in, not denomination, but I was as lost as a person can be. And I know what he rescued me from. I am so aware of that. I'm well aware of the fact, I mean, that, that, that there was no reason that he should love me. 
And yet he did. And he does. Because, not because of me, but because that's who he is. In fact, when he rescued me, and that's what he did, he rescued. I just didn't decide one day, hey God, I'd like to be on your side. He rescued me. He pulled me out of what I was into. And he did it at the cost of his only son. That's why Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6, he says, don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. When I was in high school, had a friend who um, was more of an acquaintance, but um, he borrowed somebody's car. And this guy was a terrible driver. Car wasn't a bad car, but it was a typical used car. But when he got done with it, I mean, he borrowed over a little period of time, there wasn't a panel, there wasn't a door, there wasn't a fender, there wasn't anything on that car that wasn't banged in and damaged from him constantly bumping into either other cars or those yellow posts that come up from the ground or anything like that, you know, the drive-through or whatever. That car was a piece of junk when he got done with it. It was somebody else's car, but he didn't take care of it. This body is not mine. It belongs to God. And He wants me to make sure that I take care of it, that it gets the rest it needs, that it, that it, you know, it, 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 it eats a, a halfway healthy diet, you know, not living on triple bacon cheeseburgers you know, every day for lunch or, or, or whatever. Now, I'm not against triple bacon cheeseburgers. I can have one once in a while. But not all the time. That, 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 can't, that can't be it all the time. I need to take care of, of this. I know what God has done for me. I know what He's done, I know what he's done for me. And, and I want to do everything I can to use this body to honor Him. Because He made me new on the inside. So I want to give Him every part of me. I want to ask you this morning. Is that what you want? Is that what you want? And I'm not talking about, yeah, I want to go to heaven someday because I don't like the alternative. Sometimes we kind of think like that. No. Have you really given your life over to God to where you're honoring Him or doing your best to honor Him with every decision that you make and everything you do? See, that's what it means to follow Him. Now, none of us do it perfect. None of us do it great all the time. But hopefully, we're moving in that direction. I got a long way to go. But thank God I'm not where I was. To follow Him means to live for Him. God, I'm offering you everything that I am. I'm offering it to you. That's what I'm shooting for. If that's what you're shooting for, then I want to invite you to just pray with me right now. Just out loud. But I want to invite you to pray 
with me right now. Jesus, you gave your life for me. You rescued me from my sin. Now I want to live my life for you. So I repent. I want to change. Make me new. Thank you for this body you've given me. Okay, I want us to say that again, but I want us to mean it this time. Seriously. Because most of us, I would say, have never said that before. Thank you for this body that you've given me. Help me to take care of it the best I can. I offer it to you. I want to use it to live for you. <clears throat> Not just for my own desires. So now I surrender my whole self to you. Use me for your good works. Which you planned for me to do before I was created. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand while the worship team comes on.